Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. Westplex 107.1. AM 1350 KRA pa- KRAP. Let me try to get it out in 104.5 KSOQ. Uh, I, I can't get it out. You know, pretty bad when you can't talk. Um, you know, it's amazing about that. Especially when that's your job. Yeah, especially when it's your job. <laughs> Although. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Well, you know, that's some people who are president can't president, but that's a whole other story. Anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> did, did I say that? Anyway. Um, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. I've been getting myself in a lot of trouble lately, haven't I been? Anyway. Yes, you have. <laughs> the point being uh, that these are now three stations that we're on. And it's Trimalcast. It's so good to have you along with me. And you know what's crazy about that song? The comment I was going to make was, uh, if you listen to iHeartRadio, see, I got to watch what I say now because uh, you know if I say things about other radio stations, you know, I'll, I'll get a, a C and D letter. Anyway, yep. uh, <laughs> Anyway, if you listen to iHeart, they have a special version of that song where he doesn't say weed. Now, what's interesting about that is, is that I guess 30, 40, 50 years ago. If you said a song like Weed on, you know, hey, I get my weed from California, you know, oh, my God, it's terrible. Who cares anymore, right? I mean, it's legal in a bunch of states. Isn't, I, do they have recreational use in California yet? I don't know if they, I know, I know they have Colorado and across the river in Illinois and, and soon to be in Missouri. Although, you know, it's like, what's so funny about Missouri is. You think we're going to go to that? Oh, my God. There's no doubt whatsoever. I mean, it's just going to be full blown. You know, hey, you, you know, you go to the weed store. Hey, you going. I mean, you know, and the crazy thing about it is. It's just like a trip to Walmart. Well, the crazy thing about it is. They're everywhere. Those of us in the radio business can't make any money off the advertising of it because we're afraid to death of touching the advertising. It's the same reason that, like, the marijuana stores already, the. The uh, you know the, the medical marijuana stores in, in in Missouri can't have bank accounts. You know, I heard that. Well, yeah, they can't because it's it's still a federal law that yeah. that states that what is it class one their marijuana is a class one drug or something like that. And if you have money from an illegal activity, you can't put it in a bank. You know, I mean, like for example, if you are a known, uh, you know, if like let's say we had a guy in here here, hey. I'm Joe Blow, and I I sell stolen cars. Yeah, all these cars on my car lot have been stolen. Come and buy it. You know, you want a new Mercedes? You know, that's only got ten thousand miles on it. That's normally one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Today at Joe Blow's, it's only ten thousand dollars. Yes, that's because we stole it, and we don't have any money in it. Well, if that were a you know business, and Joe Blow showed up at the bank with the money that he got from selling stolen cars, and everybody knew it, and the bank knew it, they'd get in trouble for that because that's an illegal activity. Can't do that can't put money and it's not necessarily just for drugs it's any kind of illegal activity if if you know it's an illegal activity prostitution selling you know stolen cars you know meth the whole bit that's why the government's trying to crack down on cash they don't want anybody to have cash anymore because they want to be able to know where everybody's money is which still so do you think that we should invest in crypto no see the, the, you know you know what is it Brent's thing interesting you brought that up because you know if you look, look at like what bitcoin goes up and down I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember this was a month or two months ago when that company got hacked. Was it the, the meatpacking company that nobody ever heard of before, which we found out had like 30% of all the meat in the United States, but nobody ever heard of this company before. And they paid 
the um, ransom ransomware in. They paid the for you know the ransom uh, in in Bitcoin, and then it came out that the government intercepted the Bitcoin. Do you know what happened the very next day? What? The price of Bitcoin just bottomed out because you know why? No. One of the advantages, at least to people who have Bitcoin, is that it's not traceable and the government can't touch it. If if you do something illegal... Well, it must be if they well, interceded it. But that's what, that's what everybody was freaked out about because they thought, oh my God, Bitcoin, nobody can touch it. It's, you know, it's, it's the government can't touch it. And, and the, the thing, like, if you do something bad and the government comes after and seizes your bank account, guess what? They get your money. You know, they go to the bank and they, they send, send a legal document to the bank. Hey, you know, this person, this company has these funds in this uh, account in your bank, and we're hereby seizing those accounts. You hear it all the time. You know, even like we do it with, Fed, we do it with like foreign governments, you know, like, like uh, you know, uh, all these governments that have, you know, don't you think that's always, uh, that's a whole other story. Don't you think it's fascinating that you find out that all these foreign governments have money in banks in the United States? What's that all about? You know what that's all about? I can tell you exactly. They- they always have but you know why that is um in case they come over here they have our (laughs) currency right a perfect example what happened in in afghanistan this week the president of afghanistan you know skidoos out of afghanistan when the taliban are coming after him and he's holed up somewhere and you know he's never gonna you know want for anything in his life he's got money stashed away probably a swiss bank account stuff like that i still think that i, I wish i had a swiss bank account well, no you don't because because you know yeah, I do. no 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 you don't because i had an attorney once tell me an interesting story he said don't do the things that criminals do he says even if you're not a criminal don't do the things that criminals do. And I go, like, what do you mean? He says, don't have a Swiss bank account because criminals have Swiss bank accounts. And I go, like, I never thought of that, you know? And he, he went through this whole thing. He said, he said, you know, don't do, like, you know, don't. Uh, and, and the crazy thing about it is that's why they made it to the point where if somebody shows up, like, let's say you're, going, you know, you're selling your car, you're selling your car, and you want $9,000 for your car, and some guy shows up with $9,000 in cash, you go, like, whoa. What's this guy up to? It's got $9,000 in cash. And they're all dollar bills. <laughs> no, that Busy would, time that in Sajay. That would be me. That would be $9,000. That would be you. In one, no, my, my, it would be $9,000 in $2 bills for me. No, but, but, <laughs> or gold coins. But the point being is my mom and dad went through the Depression. You know, I mean, they were, my dad was born in 1920. My dad would be 101 years old if he were still alive today. Okay. And he went through the Depression. And he still did not trust banks. I mean, to the point where you'd hear these stories. There was a story, what? He probably had money rat-holed all throughout that house. There was a story just recently that some some couple bought a house, and the rumor was that the people who lived there, who were like, once again, from like the the 20s and 30s. The Depression, yeah. uh, had, Had hidden money in the house, and they had... You know, they'd hired various people, and they finally got this one guy who was like Mr. Techno, and he had this like this radar system where he went around, and they went up in the attic, and they found a spot in the attic. They go, we think there's something here, and they tore up some of the floorboards in the attic, and here's this metal box with like fifty thousand dollars in cash in it, squirreled away up in the attic. You know, and once again, well, the reason being is that when you know, go back and watch. It's not Christmas time, but go back and watch. It's a Wonderful Life. And, you know, there are a lot of people that they watch that movie 
and they get the whole idea behind, you know, you got to be happy for who you are and stuff like that. But there's subtext to that movie, like Mr. Potter. You don't ever want to yes. be. You don't ever want to be in an area where someone controls everything, like and and we know about things like that. There are things in the St. Louis area, like for for example, if there were only one bank in the entire St. Louis area, we'd be in trouble because they would they would call the shots. And as there is competition amongst bankers, which is good, but if there were only one big bank in the St. Louis area that was you know lending you know money, you'd have to go. Oh, please lend me money. Please lend me money. Please lend me money. That kind of a thing. And the other idea behind it was, and I told you this the other day, I, I learned a lot in my business career uh, from the fact that there's a federal law that banks can't be closed for more than two days. And that dates back to the Depression era, pre-World War, World War II, where when the banks, like you remember that was the bank, remember how there was a run on the banks and the people were showing up at, at the Bailey's Savings and Loan because, in fact, they wanted to get their money out? Remember that, the whole thing? And the, yep. and the people were yelling, the so-and-so bank just closed! And and then they were saying, "There's if you take your bank account to Mr. Potter, he's paying fifty cents on the dollar." So if you know, and once again, the idea being is, and there's a, there's a federal law against that. That's why a lot of these banks have problems when these three day holidays hit. They have to do something like they have to be open on Saturday. Like if like for example, this past this past month, last month, Fourth uh, of July fell on a Sunday. So the official observation of Fourth of July was on a Monday. The banks had to be open on Saturday. Otherwise, they would have violated the federal law. They would have been closed for three days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So the banks had to be open on, on Saturday. And now most, most banks are, but there are certain banks that don't open on Saturday. Uh, matter of fact, certain branches, um, and that's the whole reason because that's the federal law. You can't be closed for more than two days. If you close three days, you're in trouble. God, you know what? I, what? I, I'm going to switch tracks here here we go okay i'm getting so tired of the covid talk i'm i hear when we thought we're over it oh my god i'm just so it's it's, no 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 (sighs) it's coming back in full force i tell you what um i had a friend who was in the hospital and went through the er and they had to triage this person um in the hallway and then they wanted to admit him. So, uh, yeah. Um, they wanted to admit him, but they didn't have any beds. So they put him in a bed, uh, a hospital bed in the ER. And can I they tell you, just... Can I tell you something? Yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's crazy. And I mean, not not in the COVID in time, but there was a time when I ended up with one of my infamous car accidents where that's happened to me, where I was I was my room was in the hallway of the ER. But that's a whole other story. So so what happened? Is there are they in a room now? Finally, last you, night. You know, this is this whole thing is so crazy. And and I mean, you did you, did you hear this deal? They shut down the entire country of New Zealand because that one guy. Did you read that story? One uh-uh. one guy had COVID nineteen, and they shut down the entire country. Entire country shut down. You know, you where's this at? New Zealand. Still, oh, really? In Australia, in Australia, if you are an Australian citizen, and if you leave the country, and if, I mean, once again, you're an Australian citizen. You're not like an illegal immigrant trying to sneak into the country or something like that. If, like, let's say you're on vacation, when you come back, you have to be in quarantine for fourteen days. And the problem is in Australia, they only have 
certain official quarantine areas, like they have hotels that have certain wings in them that are the quarantine area. And if you quarantine area, and if you don't, if there's not a a room for you, you can't come back to the, to Australia. You have to make sure there's a quarantine room ready for you. Just like remember, we had that goofy story it was the week before last. Lady from St. Louis, her and her husband went to what Cabo or someplace down in Mexico, and she tested positive, and she couldn't get on the plane, and she had to stay in her hotel room for ten days. But yet, you know, here I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'm going to sound like Donald Trump fan, uh, and yet, but yet these people can stream across the border. Uh, can you explain that to me? How in the world can we have these people? In like what in July they set another new record. What a quarter million people streamed across the border in in you know in in Arizona and Texas and California. Quarter million people. One month. Quarter million. Like that's like think about that. The census came out and the city of St. Louis is right around three hundred thousand. That would be like the entire city of St. Louis streaming or almost you know uh, just about the entire or, or just a little bit less than the entire city of St. Louis streaming across the border in one month, and yet. They what do they do? They stick them on planes. They put them on buses. They put them in hotel rooms, and they go all over the country. It's like, okay, explain that to me. I don't quite understand that. And even to the point where now, you know, the big controversy is what Mayor Jones of the city of St. Louis is supposedly uh, telling the federal government that she'll take a thousand Afghan refugees. And I never even thought about this. How do we know those people don't have all sorts of weird diseases? coming from Afghanistan. How do we know they don't have COVID-19 and all sorts of crazy stuff? You know, I mean, like, we've eliminated tuberculosis here in the United States, but everyone... Matter of fact, there was a thing the other day. I heard a story the other day. There's another case of Ebola. A lady... Where? See, that is the one disease that scares the hell out of me. Well, I can't remember where it was. I'll see if I can find that. One lady, she went from one country to the next country. She got sick. They put her in the hospital. Oh, my God, she's got Ebola. I mean, like, once again, this crazy weird thing with diseases. Have they found a cure for that? Well, yeah, they, 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 you know, they eradicated it, but then it comes back. It's like the crazy thing. It's like, it's like you know, the, it, it's the whole thing that they're worried about the people who are the anti-vaxxers is that, you know, we got rid of, uh, you know, polio, but yet, you know, who knows if polio can't come back. God, you know what? What? The human body is just so weird. You know what I mean? Think about it. But that. it's fascinating, but, isn't I, it? Yes, but I mean, but think about it. All the crazy weird stuff that we go through on a daily basis, all the weird things that we do, all the things we expose ourselves to uh, on a daily basis, all the germs, all the you know, all the viruses, all the bacteria we expose ourselves to on a daily basis. To a certain extent, we eat it. Certain kinds of cheese have bacteria in them. You know, stuff like that. You know, salad dressing. You know, like mayonnaise has weird stuff in it. Stuff like that. If you don't do it right, you get food poisoning from mayonnaise. If you treat it right, it's fine. You know, I mean, just everything's so weird. And then there's us who are just perfectly sane, two, two people. We're like, you know, you and I are like the, the, the not-so-conservative uh, uh, not so side of NPR. You and I are just like straight arrows. You know, we... Pure as the driven snow. <laughs> right. It's 627. <laughs> Westplex 107.1. I was listening to American Top 40. Is um, it this past Sunday? You ever listen to American Top 40 with Ryan Seacrest? I do not. God, it's gotten so bad. I mean, he's just he's just mailing it in, you know. Hey, here's number thirty four. That was number thirty five, you know. I mean, like, and every once in a while he does this. Hey, you know, I'm an important person. I know all these rock stars. They come into my studio and they sit down to talk to me. Yeah, and then I talk with. Who was he on with? Kathy Lee? Is that show? Is it? Is it? Is it? I, uh, I don't know because I don't watch it. Ryan and Kathy Lee is that who it is? Anyway, um, he was talking about 
I don't know if there's been somewhat controversy. Did you see the, the controversy with Maroon 5, Adam Levine, in St. Louis? No. What is it? They're playing at the Hollywood Amphitheater, and they're the first group, or the second group, I don't know which one, essentially saying, we're not playing there unless everybody's vaccinated. So you got to show your vaccine card or whatever. You know, you got you to have, like, that tattoo on your forehead that you've been, the QR code on your forehead, you've been vaccinated. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, so... Uh, Ryan Seacrest is saying, hey, and Adam's getting ready for his big tour, and he's working out at the gym, and just the other day, he sat for a 13-hour tattoo session. I'm going, 13-hour tattoo session? Just shoot me. I mean, first off, would you want to have somebody needle you for 13 hours? I mean, I don't get the tattoo thing. I mean, first off, I can think of, about 100 things I would rather do for 13 hours than sit in a chair or lay on your back or lay on your stomach and have somebody tattoo your butt cheek or something like that. I mean, I don't get that. 13 hours tattoo session? I mean, if if your doctor says to you, Shelly, we've got to perform this operation on you and it's going to be 13 hours, wouldn't you go like, maybe I could just die. You know, if it's going to take you 13 hours to fix what's wrong with me, just let me die. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Would you, would you, if someone said, if someone said, Shelly, you need a tattoo, and it's going to take 13 hours to put this tattoo in your body, would you say, oh, that's fine, let's do it Tuesday? Or would you say, I don't think I'm spending 13 hours having somebody poke needles in me and stick, and stick ink in my, in my body? Um, first of all, I don't think that they would do that for 13 hours, but um, if it was something that I really believed in, that I wanted a tattoo about. Like, I'm going to get another tattoo for my Elbeth. And um, I have a little note that she wrote to me, and I'm going to have them stencil that on my back. Can I tell you a weird story? I've had nothing but weird stories. I know. I know a person who was a big-time criminal defense attorney, okay? Uh Uh-huh. And this person used to go to a convention every year. And one of the big draws of the convention was this, this, and I'm not going to mention any names, this nationally renowned pathologist who did all these celebrity autopsies. And like if, you know, like, like you hear these stories about like somebody died and they think they died suspiciously and, and the coroner says, oh, they, they bumped their head and, and they, 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 hired, they would hire this guy. And this guy would come in and he would like, you know, almost like a, what was the show? Quincy, remember Quincy when Quincy did all I the do. Right, did all the autopsies and he was figure out. Well, he didn't really Wasn't die. That Klugman? Right, he didn't really die of of head injury. He died of you know somebody gave him a a you know amphetamine wrapped up in, in a in a cough drop or you know what you know the weird stuff they came up with. Okay. Yeah. She told me that the high point of the convention was <laughs> this guy who was this world renowned pathologist and did all these autopsies. After he, you know, and he would t- tell him about, you know, all these things about criminal defense and, you know, and if this happens, blah, 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 and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of his speech, he would roll his pictures of all the tattoos that he had taken pictures of on dead bodies. All the bizarre, weird tattoos. And he okay. personally taken these tattoos. And she said the one that always brought down the house was some guy, you know how when they put in the morgue, they put a toe tag on you? Yeah. They wrap a little piece of, you know, like a tag that has your name on it or, or, or now probably a QR code or something like that. 
and that's how they identify you. They, they wrap it around your big toe. This guy had a tattoo of a toe tag on his foot, on the bottom of his foot, with his name on it. And the bizarre part of it was, here they, he had the tattoo toe tag with his name, and then they had the actual tattoo or the toe tag next to it. And that was the picture. And that was the one that, oh, my God, show us the toe tag <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> I'm going like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I'll never forget, I guess this was like 10 or 15 years ago, I heard this, this um, what do you call it, a skin doctor? What are they called? They're called the... Dermatologist? Dermatologist, yeah, dermatologist. Um, on a talk show talking about tattoo removal. Because remember, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, all of a sudden, there was this, everybody was doing tattoo removal. Remember that? Like, you, like you heard all the, hey, yes. you got a tat. And, and there was a company that actually came out with a machine that was somewhat, you know, easily affordable. And there were a couple companies that popped up in St. Louis. Matter of fact, we actually had one of them advertised with us that would do the tattoo removal. And it was a laser. And he described how the tattoo removal worked. And I thought, like with a laser, what it did was it just like somehow magically erased the ink. And he said what the, what the laser did was it changed the molecular structure of the ink. And when it changed the molecular, molecular structure of the ink, it went from your skin into your bloodstream. And then, yes. it, was, and then it was filtered out through your kidney. You've heard, you've heard that before, right? I have. And yes. I'm going like, I don't think I want that ink running around in my blood. You know, I mean, I mean, all of a sudden it's on your skin. The next minute they're doing the the doing the laser stuff on you, and it's like in your bloodstream. I'm going like, I don't know if I like that or not. And he talked about the problem was that the molecular structure of each of the colors was different, and not only that, the molecular structure of the colors was different, but also the quality of the ink was different. And if you got really good ink. It may take five or six or seven times to have you treated with this laser for the stuff to go away. And if you had the cheap junk, like what they call the prison tattoo stuff, that usually... That's called uh, ballpoint ink. Well, or they mix something up or the, some, the, you know, stuff like that. And, and he says that was, he says, he says that could go both ways. He says sometimes the prison ink stuff was really easy to eliminate and sometimes it was really nasty. And he talked about the fact that most of the inks you know, that you go to a tattoo parlor are supposedly FDA approved or something like that. And that the prison ones were not, and they were caustic substances in the prison ink. And I'm not saying just because it's, you, you get it in prison, but you know, people can tattoo themselves with like, you know, weird stuff they cook up. And I'm going like, why would people do that? I don't just don't understand. I mean, I, I recently, I didn't tell you this story. You got a tattoo? No, no. Dude, you got some ink? No, no, no. Tower crew showed up at one of the tower sites. And meet the guys out there. Is on a had to meet them on Saturday. We were one of the, was it not not this past Saturday, week before Saturday. We have to be off the air because the guy was on the tower. And the guy shows up, two nice guys, couldn't be nicer. But the one guys, and what do you call them? They call them loops, where you stick the thing like in your earlobe. Yeah, those are called gauges. Gauges. Okay. Ew. This guy had silver dollars in his ears. There are some people that their gauges are so big, they could put a beer can through them. I'm going like, I, I'm looking at the guys going See, like. See, that's one thing I don't understand. Tattoo is one thing, but when you sit there and you like make holes in your ears, other than just having like a little piercing on your on your lobe. I don't even get that. I don't, I, I don't understand. See, you know, I've told the stupid story before. 
I like my body like I like my cars. Factory. You know, if I buy a car, I'm not going to cut a hole in the hood and put a hood scoop on it and, and put fender flares on it and do all this other weird stuff. I'm just going to drive it just like it came from the factory. Same way with bodies. You know, I got a factory body. I'm only missing one part right now. Well, I'm missing, I'm missing, I'm, sorry, I'm missing a couple parts. I'm missing tonsils and an appendix. I have no replacement parts. I have no, you know, no knock on Formica. I have no, I have no, I have no. <laughs> knock on wood as I bang my head. I have no, you know, extra parts in me from, you know, heart valves or, or titanium, you know, titanium screws. Although I've broken enough bones to probably have some of that stuff. But it's just. To yeah, the but po- you never get them addressed. Whatever. I did. I put my dress on it, and I mailed myself through the mail, and I came back, uh, postage, you know, returned. Yes. Not at this address. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, it's time for a break. Are we making any... Do you ever wonder if... Do you wonder, you wonder if, like, Martians came down, and they and they tuned in their, their Martian radio and their Martian spacecraft, and, and they had George Norrie with them, and they go, George, explain this morning show, BS in the morning. And he goes, he just shake his head. I can't. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Right? Yeah. 644. It is Westplex 107.1, AM 1350, KRAP, and KSOQ, the Trimalcast, and it's BS in the Morning. Our web address is bsinthemorning.show. God, did I get it right, Shelly? You did. I am Brad. She's Shelly. Did I get that one right for change? You you actually did. Wow. What the heck's going on with me? Um, you know, I hear people say the most fascinating things. I heard somebody, you know, we've talked about this before on the show about Maslow's theory of hierarchy. When I went to yes. college... I had to take all these elective classes because I was burning through my major real quick and I had to take these elective classes and I took a psychology class. I took two co- classes that I didn't think I would like that I absolutely fell in love with. Psychology and astronomy, believe it or not. Astronomy was fascinating. Uh, anyway, psychology, we learned about Maslow's theory of hierarchy. And we've talked yep. about this before. And I heard a guy yesterday say how lucky we are in the United States. And you know his point was, and he was being so, somewhat snarky, you know, something that I am never snarky. I absolutely abhor. You wake up snarky. I abhor people who snarky, are snarky. Snarky, snarky, snarky. That's abhor, you. I abhor people who are snarky. Anyway, um, he says, do you think those people in, Af- in Afghanistan are worried about their pronouns right now? And I thought to myself, man, is that right on or what? Think about that. Do you think the people in Afghanistan, those people who live in Afghanistan, who are citizens of Af- Afghanistan, are worried about their pronouns right now? And their pronouns? Pronouns. How they speak? No, no pronouns. Him, her, you know, I mean, like, the reason I brought that oh, up Oh, got it. Okay, thank you. Reason, I'm like, I don't know where you're going with this. The reason I brought that up is because Sam Smith, who was on, that was his first big song. He oh, yeah, he's like a, a Ms- he, she, Well, or he's, a... He's, he's a they, it. You know, I'm going like, remember that remember the, there was that there was that one thing where they had a picture of Kamala Harris and she was speaking somewhere and she had her nameplate in front of her and said, said Vice President Kamala Harris and in, in parentheses it had she, her. And I'm going like, okay, this is so goofy. You know, I mean like, and, and you know, and there's some people, if you don't call me by my proper pronouns, you know, once again, if, you, let, let's, let's, and I'm going to give a really bizarre, strange example of, of Maslow's theory of hierarchy, okay? You're walking down the street and someone says to you, or someone bumps you and they say, Hey, I'm sorry, sir. And you go, I'm not a sir. I'm a it. I'm a they. And you say, I don't like being called a sir. And they pull out a gun and they put it to your head. Do you care about pronouns anymore? 
Nope. <laughs> your, your whole your whole pronoun thing's out the window. You don't care. That's the ultimate example of Maslow's theory of hierarchy, is that when, when the stuff, what do you call it? The, when the defecation contacts the rotary oscillator. You care about survival. When you're in a situation. Fight or flight. You know, right, exactly. we go back to our most primitive exactly. instinct. Exactly. That's the whole Maslow's theory of hierarchy. And the problem yeah. is that as we become more complacent, we become more shielded from, from danger. We don't have to worry about, you know, bears, you know, crawling into our, our treehouse where we live. Or we don't have to worry about, you know, uh, you know lightning. We're, we live in a tree. We don't have to worry about lightning hitting our tree. We don't have to worry about, you know, the rebels who live in the next, you know, next village overcoming and, and you know, and, and grabbing us and killing us and raping our our you know our wives and and daughters and you know we don't have to worry about that anymore because we got police we got 911 you know with that kind of, kind of stuff and yes. and the interesting thing of it is most of us as you know move up or down whichever way you look at some people look at the maslow's theory of hierarchy as a as a pyramid on its base some look at it as a pyramid on on its tip depending upon which theory you go with maslow's you you look at so for people who may not know what Maslow's theory of hierarchy is, in a nutshell, explain it. Essentially, you have you have as as you have what they call deficiency needs and growth needs, and essentially it's a triangle. And the very base of the triangles is psychological needs and safety needs. And then you move on belonging and 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 belonging and love needs, then esteem needs, and then you move up from there cognitive needs, aesthetic needs, self-actualization needs, and transcendence. And the idea being that if you go back to the caveman era, that what are you concerned about? You're consider- concerned about, A, finding a place where you can live in the cave and you can put a big rock at the, at the entrance of the cave at night and keep the, the, you know, the saber-toothed tiger from crawling in and, and eating you alive. You know what I mean? So you're, you're, yep. worried, about, you're worried about safety. And as you move up the, the, the pyramid, you are more you can less concerned about basic needs and more concerned about you know i mean like if you're if you're poor and you live in underneath an overpass on 55 in downtown st louis you're worried about the fact that you know the police have come to arrest you throw you in jail somebody's going to come and rob you somebody's going to come and shoot you but yet if you're somebody who lives in ladue and you have a three million dollar house you're more concerned about what your tea time today is at the golf course that's the difference between you know the basic needs are the base of the pyramid and as you move up the pyramid you become more concerned with things that's in other words as you become uh, become more uh, safety in other words as things are, are are the base of the pyramid is get, you getting higher you're worried less about about things because of the fact that you don't but yet once again if you live in Ladue and you have a two million dollar house and all of a sudden, one morning, you there's a knock on the door, and you open the door, and there's like five guys there with guns, and they come in, and they're going to rob you, and they're going to tie you to chairs. You go down to that basic need. You're, you're down at the bottom of the pyramid. All of a sudden, you don't care about you don't care about your tea time at the golf course. You don't care about you know what clothes you're going to wear to that party you're supposed to go to tonight. You don't care about your new BMW 7 Series that you just picked up yesterday at Auto House or or, or you know uh, uh, what's the place out there? The place that the cars are Plaza. Worth, Plaza. They're worth more. Remember, I told the story about the one client I had who argued with me about the fact that she her her BMW was from Plaza and it was worth more than the same BMW from another BMW dealership. Anyway, that's Maslow's theory of hierarchy, and. And it's so fascinating because of the fact that that when you look at that situation, what happened in Afghanistan, those people who are trying to get on, they're like they're, they're trying to climb onto that plane to get the heck out of the country, 
And, you know, I read something fascinating this morning. We'll talk about that next hour, about why the Afghanistan army didn't, uh, didn't um, uh, was, was all of a sudden, you know, one day, you know, the, the government was saying, well, you know, Af- you know Kabul, Kabul will probably fall in two to three weeks. And 24 hours later, the, the Taliban were there. Fascinating article I read last night about why that happened. The difference between the Afghanistani soldiers and the American soldiers. And it's one incredibly basic difference. And it's really interesting. And are you going to tell me what it is? No, next hour. Oh, okay. It's a teaser. Got it. <laughs> but it, but once again, the whole thing makes sense. Maslow's theory of hierarchy. And what's yep. so crazy about that is, here I took this class. I'm going, oh, I'm psychology. Blah, 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 blah. I learned so much from that class. It was fascinating. It was just absolutely positively fascinating. I don't, I don't, you know, and, and to the to the point. Well, clearly you are not using the things that you learned in the class. Like like how? Why do you say that? You know why I say that. Like what? I use, uh, I use the things oh I learned. Oh, my goodness. It's 6.58. I use the things I learned in that class every single day because I can look at people, and I'm not the best at this, but I can look at people, and once again, if you figure out people's basic motivations, you can pretty much figure out where they're headed. Where, you know, if you figure out where they've been, why they were where they are, why they're headed in that direction, you can pretty much figure out what they're going to do. Okay. I'm telling you. Like, for example. Uh, I say okay. When Shelly says okay, that means that means Brad gives time and he hits the commercial. Six fifty. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Stations here are Westplex 107.1, AM 1350 KRAP, and KSOQ 104.5. We call it the Trimal Cast, right, Shelly? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And it's seven oh six. It is a uh, Wednesday morning. Lots of stuff going on today. Um, more weird stuff going on uh, internationally. Afghanistan is still top bill and things like that. For me, it is a very special day. Okay. Very special day. What is it? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to see what happens here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And we'll see what happens. This will hopefully explain what my special day is. I don't know if this is going to work or not. We're going to try it. Hey, don't say anything bad. We're on the air right now. Oh, man. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Fishing? What? Hang on, let me kill my motor. What are you doing? You're, uh, you're, you're fishing? Yeah, I'm fishing. Okay, this is my son, Brett, and today is his birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Oh, thank you. How old are you today? Uh, 25. <laughs> <laughs> no, where are you fishing right now? East Bay. East Bay. Oh, and, and, and you're in Pensacola. Okay, what kind of a boat are you on? I'm on a 1981 Mako 171 Angler. Is that your boat? Yeah, that's my boat. No kidding. It's a 1981. Yes, sir. Yes. But no, uh, nothing like having the newest boat, right? Oh man. <laughs> You know me, I gotta have the newest and nicest stuff. <laughs> That's a 40-year-old boat. I mean, where did you get that boat from? Uh, we got 
picked it up in Panama City. It's actually uh, it's a pretty rare hole, and there's actually kind of a little cult following for this uh, for these old Makos down here. So now, is, I'm not a boat guy. You are. Is that an inboard or an outboard? It's an outboard. And what kind of engines on it? Motor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, old two smoke V4. And and who makes that? Is that an Evan Root or something like that? Wow. So you are literally in, right now as we're speaking, you are in the East Bay of, you are in Pensacola Bay in Pensacola, Florida. You're in, how far away from your shore right now? Uh, I don't know. Probably uh, to my south. I'm probably about 600 yards from shore. Oh, you're not that far away. Okay. So so what are you... No, no, I'm fishing. I'm fishing inshore. What are you fishing for? I'm not looking for... uh, Big red drum this morning. What? What? What again? Red drum, red fish, bull reds. I they, uh, they start running up into the inshore area this time of year, so you can catch them. Some really big fish. So now, do you do you cook them up and eat them, or are you just throw them back? Uh, the ones I'm catching are too big. It's a slot limit. They have to be in between 18 and 27 inches to keep here. So the ones I'm out hunting are 30 plus inches, just too big. I'm just out for uh, just out for the fight, so I catch and release. Wow, no kidding. So, so, uh, so, and what's that's the that's the uh, agricultural rule? You, they can't be over a certain length. You got to throw them back in. Yeah, they got to be between eighteen and twenty-seven inches. So you got that little slot window for keeper redfish, and you can only have one per person per day. So if they're too small or too large, you got to throw them back. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, so you took off work today. Wow, man! I tell you what, you're out on. I'm, I'm telling you, what what's the weather like in Pensacola? Uh, right now it is sunny, super calm, and probably about 80, 82 degrees. What's the humidity? You know the humidity level? Three thousand <laughs> percent. Yeah, I know. When you left St. Louis, you didn't leave the humidity, did you? <laughs> no, no. At least I was prepared for it. If I would have came from like Minnesota or Wisconsin, I'd be in a world. Yeah, I mean the humidity's bad. Okay, uh, this is my son Brett. Today is uh, seriously. Are you what thirty-seven today? Thirty-seven today. Wow, God, holy cow! I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy. Thirty-seven years old. Wow, he's, unbelievable. He's, for being an old guy, well, you sure do have a, a young right, son. So you know, I just turned forty-five. Uh, what's that? What you? What now? What you say? I said, when I said 25, you had your window to say, yeah, that's right, I just turned 45, but <laughs> yeah. you blew that. Well, hey, dude, I'm 86, so, you know, what What can I say? So, anyway, I just want to wish you happy birthday, um, and I don't know if you've heard from your mother. She got a late start. Matter of fact, she got lost in downtown St. Louis. So, have you heard from her this morning? Oh, God. No, she may have called. I was on the, I was on the uh, big engine on the way out here, so I can't hear anything. Yeah. So, she may have called. I didn't see. I just pulled up to this one. Yeah, she's on the way down. Uh, she's on the way down, uh, but she got lost in downtown St. Louis, and she's running behind. She was supposed to leave at four o'clock in the morning. She left at like five fifteen or something like that. So uh, hopefully and she got lost. Yeah, she and... ended up on fifty five. Gonna go straight through Mississippi. Well, I told her she she was taking the navigation of her car and it was going to take her in Illinois, which is the worst way. I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, the yeah, I'd rather take fifty five through down through Arkansas. Yeah. 55 though, and then catch 41. Yeah. Our, 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 the way I go is I take 55 Memphis and then, what is that, 72 out of, or it, it's, it's a little highway out of southern Memphis and then it picks up, what is that, 72 to Tupelo and then 45 to Mobile? Isn't that what it is? 
Yeah, yeah, and then you come down on 60, and then you get on 65 south a little bit, and you're on 10. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, well, anyway, I want to wish you I'm happy sure birthday. Her probably taking her back to the woods. <laughs> well, if you go that way through Illinois, it takes you, like, through little tiny towns and, and you know, takes you to, like, you know, four-way stops, and the mayor's got to come out and shake your hand and, you know, stuff like that, you know, weird stuff, you know. Anyway, that's the way I took my motorcycle. Well, I took my motorcycle trip down here. It routed me that way, and it took me. It routed me all back roads like that, and took me over sixteen hours in one route and one day on a motorcycle. That was excruciating. Yeah, I can imagine, and it. I don't know why in the world it does that. It's the world's worst way of going. But anyway, I just want to wish you a happy birthday. Um, you know, I miss you not seeing you around, and uh, things going well for you. Your new place working out then. Yeah, it's uh. It's nice being able to walk out my back door and get on the boat and go fishing is uh, my goal when I came down here, so I've kind of manifested my dreams, so that's kind of cool. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a weird thing. I heard it just when I called you. Can you start your engine up so we can actually prove to people that you're actually on a boat in Pensacola Bay? Yeah, that's fine. You want to hear that, yeah. that Evan Rude? I want to hear it. Fire it up. Let me hear it. <laughs> I'll put you on speaker. Hang on. <laughs> okay. There it is. She's smoking. She's working, buddy. <laughs> it's smoking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds like it needs a little bit of work, huh? No? <laughs> oh, no. If it's smoking, it's working. This thing is uh, a tank. It's all reliable over here. It's a two-stroke, right? Yeah, that's a two-stroke. Hey, yeah. Ron, you want to hear it in all 90 of those horses run? Yeah, let me hear it. Fire it up. Higher. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> 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 it, it, it sounds like going to the Supercross races, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got a personal 90 Supercross race right behind me all the time. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking my call. Happy birthday! I love you and I miss you. And uh, be careful out there in the water. And do you have your do you have your uh, old Coast Guard approved life vest on right now? Um, I've got a Coast Guard approved life vest somewhere in the boat, and I've got a whistle. <laughs> Come and, on! Uh, don't tell anybody, but my kill switch doesn't work. Oh, oh, I won't tell anybody. Nobody's hearing, listening to us. Okay, uh, I'll talk to you later. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. My son Brett. He is the one that made you a father, isn't he? He's it, man. He changed yep. my life. He changed my life, man. I can tell you this was uh, four, 37 years ago today. This was a crazy, weird, strange day, which I will never forget in my life because um, things didn't go as planned. Let's put it that way. And he almost died. So. Well, you wouldn't know that he was a sick baby. Because it sure didn't stunt his growth. He is um, six foot six and probably weighs about I don't know two eighty, two ninety. Uh, I guess he's still yeah. Got he's his... a solid, solid man. Yeah, um, I'm not a small guy, and it's funny when I get next to my my sons. My sons are six foot eight, six foot six, and six foot four. And when I stand next to my son sons, if there's a picture, if nobody's met me before, matter of fact, there was funny. I can't remember who it was, but I had a picture on my Facebook page. I have my three sons, and I'm standing next to him. And then I met this person. They go, oh, my God, you're pretty tall. I go, what do you mean I'm pretty tall? I saw that picture of you with your kids. I thought you were like 5'6". I go, no, I'm 6'2". My kids make me look small. And what's weird about it is there's my oldest son, he's built like a fire plug. And my other two sons, my two younger sons, 
uh, who are six eight and six four, they're built like bean poles. You know, yeah, they're like, tall and lanky. Right. Brett has got like the big broad shoulders and the big big chest and the whole bit. And my, you know, my two younger sons are like basketball players. You know, they're like really tall and sort of skinny. Matter of fact, I think I think my uh, Blake, my middle son, um, he's six uh, eight, and I believe when he graduated from high school, I think he weighed one hundred and sixty five pounds. <laughs> he was six foot eight and weighed one sixty five. I mean, I was six foot two and weighed one sixty two when I graduated from high school. So I was six inches shorter than him. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I was a bean pole at that at that age too. Anyway, uh, Brett, uh, once again, um, every once in a while, I drive by the baby factory where your daughter works now. She doesn't work at the baby baby factory. She works at uh, with the back in the day it was St. John's. Now it's Mercy, right there, the Palace and Ballas, whatever you want to call it, right there at Forty and, and the Ballas. mothership. Yeah, and think about uh, that was when I was. That was when I was still flying traffic, believe it or not. And my uh, my wife, uh, his mother was in the hospital for two or three days. You know, once again, complications with happened in birth. He, we almost lost him. He was in the uh, the NICU for, God, two three weeks. And it was sort of bizarre because he was born he was born ten pounds ten ounces, huge kid. That's a calf. Yeah, huge kid, ten pounds ten ounces. And, God love Vicky, and, and she wanted to do that three yeah, more times. Right, and and to the point where when I would go to the NICU, sometimes you know I could get in, but sometimes they wouldn't let me in. You know they had visiting hours and settings like that, and I would be right. outside, and they would push him up against the window. You know what I'm talking about? Like you sort of wave. Uh, you know, yeah, they, the, the yeah. nurses, the nurses get to know who you are, and they push your kid up against the window in the NICU. And I remember I was standing there one day, and you know, and looking at him, he was up against the window, and a couple comes up. They were like grandma and grandpa. They were looking at some their their sons or their daughter's kid in there. And they looked at my son. They go, oh, my God, look at that baby. He's huge. I wonder why he's in here. He looks like he's a year old. <laughs> he, he was like four days old. But, you know, compared to all the little, unfortunately, the preemies who are like, you know, two and three and four pounds, he was like massive. You know, anyway, that was that was an interesting time. So. I'm so glad you shared that and born called at him. Five, he's not 37 yet because he was born at five minutes before midnight. And the reason I will always remember exactly when he was born because because the nurse had already filled out all the paperwork, birth date, and the whole bit. And I said to her, I was kidding with her, and I said, I said, I think you're going to have to change the birthday. And she goes, No, your wife is given birth before midnight because I'm not changing the paperwork. And that was about 20 minutes before midnight, literally about five minutes before midnight he was born, and unfortunately he was not alive, which is, once again, a whole weird story. Okay, oh, he just texted me something. He just texted me, oh my God, he just texted me this, oh my God, I got to send you this picture. Okay. I got to send you this picture. He just sent me a picture of him on the water, and it looks like he's in heaven. I'm telling you. Here, hold on, let me I'm save that picture right now. I'm so glad that he's having that moment. I'm so um, glad that you had that moment with him on the air today. While you're doing that, I want to give a shout-out to several people. I want to give a shout-out to Jeannie Strickland with Boom Impact Graphics. She's listening today, and she called me, and she's like, I just wanted to let you know that I was listening. And I just thought that was the cutest thing ever. Jeannie, I love you. And also, do you know what I did last night? What would you do? So, our my friend Leticia Perez owns Lachadas, and she does these tequila tastings and a five course meal. 
And she invited me out last night, and, and I went and had this tequila taste tasting to, to pair with um, this five-course meal. It was just beautiful. And so I just wanted to say thank you, Leticia, well, for I, your hospitality and your kindness. You know, that's so nice. She's such a good person. and, and boy, She is a really good human. Yes, she is. cooks up some really good tasting stuff. Too bad I don't like Mexican. Authentic Mexican yeah. cuisine. Too bad I'm not in Mexico. Otherwise, I'd, li- I'd like it. But um, And you're a name dropper. I have to tell you that Joe Smith called me up last night, my buddy Joe Smith, and he invited me for a White Castle tasting. And I went out to the White Castle on Natural Bridge right there in the east end of the airport, and we sat on the back they of They taste his... different there. Oh, they do, because of the fact yeah. that you get the jet fuel that leaks off the planes as they come over. <laughs> right. It gives it a little wang. <laughs> right. It gives it a little bit of a, little bit of a tangy taste. You know, when in, and it, sometimes even like they'll, you know, you got to watch out because sometimes they'll empty the laboratories over the White Castle right there on Natural oh, Bridge. Oh, they do not stop. Oh, well. <laughs> you get the blue ice comes down and hits you in the head. <laughs> the blue ice. <laughs> Is it like the Blue Angels? No, it's not. <laughs> anyway, we had a great time. Uh, we had we and 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 I, you know what? And we tried chicken rings. Oh my God, it was so good. You ever had chicken rings before? Chicken? Oh, I love them from White Castle. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know what's interesting is that him and I are so good at this. I he can bring a bag of White Castles, and I can say. Dorset White Castle. He goes, yeah, how'd you know? Or, you know, he'll bring it like you go, oh, I don't know, this one's tough. It's either St. Peter's White Castle or the Wentzville White Castle. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Guess which one? Uh, I'm going to say Wentzville. Right, exactly. Because when you're, you're so funny. When you're a White Castle connoisseur like me. <laughs> <laughs> you are a White Castle can, connoisseur. Can, 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 okay. Um, what I was going to say was, when, when going back to my son, uh, when he was born, I was still flying traffic. So my morning routine was my wife's hospital room looked out onto the helipad there at uh, at Highway 40 on 270, and I would I would I would fly over to the helipad, and we would hover over the helipad, and I would turn the helicopter and flash the landing lights at her, and she would be there at the window, and she'd wave at me. Is that crazy or what? No, I think that's the most adorable thing ever. Yeah, well, she was in, I think she was in the hospital for three or four days. I can't remember, it was a long time, you know, back in the day. And you know what the crazy thing about it is? I okay. had my Minolta camera, which I love, 35-millimeter film camera, and I took all these pictures of, of, you know, my son being born. I mean, this is like, you know, 1984, and took all these pictures of him being born, and, you know, is that right, 84? Yeah, 84. Took all these pictures of him being born in, in the NICU and the whole bit, and I brought him back to the office, and I can't find him. I lost him like 10 or 15 years ago. Can't find him anywhere. I had and what a, is it again, please? I'm all, sorry. All the pictures. I had the prints, you know, back in the day when you took pictures and you took them and got them yes, developed and they made yes, prints. Yes, yes, And obviously the negatives were in with the, the, the pictures, so I don't have any of those pictures of him. Him in the NICU, him in the in the incubator, you know, you know, the whole bit. I mean, the bizarre part of it was, oh, God, this is so, I think back, and doctor, you know, you talk about people that made an impression in your life. Dr. Dr. Olander, who was our doctor. Doctor, what was his name? I can't remember our OBGYN. Was he, it o- Odalini? No, Olander was his name. And okay. our, our OBGYN walked me out in the hall, and he says, this is Dr. Olander. He'll be taking your, care of your son. He says, follow me. Next thing I know, I'm in the NICU. And the next thing I know, I'm holding my, at that point in time, 20-minute-old son in the NICU at St. John's while he does a spinal tap on my son. I'm talking about, boy, did I grow up in a hurry. 
I bet. Yeah. And you were, and I don't mean to sound rude when I say this, but you were kind of an older dad, weren't you? Well, back then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not now. You know, now, you know, nobody's getting married till they're 30 now, you know, back in the day. I know. Well, Tiffany's 38 and she's having that baby. Well, but see, that's so weird because, you know, I mean, you know, go back like a couple generations and, you know, I mean, you know, like I... If I, you were 15 and not pregnant and married, well, no, no, you I, were a, a spinster. I had friends of mine who, you know, when, like in high school, their moms were like 36 and 37 years old. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I mean, like they had their, you know, their mom had them when they were like 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, which, you know, you don't see as much. Matter of fact, if you saw that the birth rate's gone way down, the teenage pregnancies way down, you know, I mean, it's just totally different. God, when, when my growing up, I mean, it, oh, well, don't even go over there. Weird stuff. I'll get weirded out again. Okay, we got to move on. Um, I I have a helicopter story. I'll tell that one next. Uh, oh yay! I love your helicopter story. Well, nothing your to blah, blah, nothing blah. to do nothing to do with me, but just one of these crazy stories, which like I sort of scratch my head and like I don't quite get this. I don't understand why things are like that. You know, too many laws. Seven twenty Westplex one hundred seven point one AM thirteen fifty KRAP and KSOQ one hundred four point five. It's the Trimal Cast. I am Shelley. She's Brad. The web address is bsthemorning.show. Did it get all right, Shelly? Did I do everything? You okay? did. Wow, amazing. You are right on top of things. Calling the sun. Yes. Calling. Right, um, right, right. You're just, you're just on top of things today. Anyway, um, on the helicopter front, once upon a time I used to fly helicopters. Talked about that in the last break. And this is a story that was sent to me by the world's smartest woman. A big, terrible story in uh, Saskatchewan, Canada, a town called Tisdale. A man has been charged for landing a helicopter in a busy parking lot to pick up and order a Dairy Queen. Well, they never <laughs> specified how you pick up curbside. Right. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police issued a news release detailing the incident. The was, Mounted Police? Yes. The oh, R- RCMP, which, in a mountain, which reportedly took place in July 31st, 2021, in the town of Tisdale. The 34-year-old pilot's name was not revealed, but the RCMP reports he was from Leroy, a town in the province of Saskatchewan. He reportedly landed a red helicopter in a parking lot, 101st Street in Tisdale, Saskatchewan, around 5 p.m. According to the release, the RPM says he was alerted to the helicopter's presence after receiving a complaint. The complaint was, quote, when it landed, the helicopter blew up dust and debris through the area, which includes schools, an aquatic center, and more, the news release stated. The pilot reportedly dropped off a passenger who picked up an ice cream cake, according to RCMP's investigation. Okay, do you know that in, like, certain municipalities in the St. Louis area, it's illegal to land a helicopter? Augie Bush does it all the time. Well, Augie not, Four? No, but he doesn't. But but once again, where he's at, he's he out. does. No, no, but he doesn't. Like for example, I mean, years ago, a guy I knew um, didn't know well. Thank goodness for me. Uh, he had a helicopter and he was doing work with Modot, believe it or not. And he crashed his helicopter right there. The matter of fact, on Lindbergh, uh, just north of Page, there's a building with a big tall radio tower. The guy's name was what was his name. Rich Weinstein, I think was his name. And he was doing contract work for MoDOT, and he had a bunch of MoDOT executives. He was flying a Bell Long Ranger, which is a nice helicopter. And for whatever reason, he crashed it in the parking lot. So, okay, it's bad enough that you crash a helicopter. Nobody was seriously injured. Helicopter was destroyed. It's bad enough you crash a helicopter. Then you get a ticket because it's illegal in Maryland Heights to operate a helicopter. Did you know that? I did not. Now, but Augie Bush the Fourth always comes to. He's got favorite wi- wineries, right? 
And he, he, he'll fly out there and well, land. Remember, he got in trouble when he went to his doctor's appointment over in Collinsville. Remember that? A couple of, two, three years ago? You remember he that? He had his dogs with him. And, and, his, and his supposedly his wife, but he's not supposedly married, and he had a bunch of guns and a helicopter, which is a whole other story. But, but, okay, can I tell you my last day of flying? I don't know if I ever told you this story or not. My you, la- you haven't, actually. My last day of flying, the last day I flew helicopters, the last morning I flew helicopters, I said... To, at the time, it was I was flying the ship for, at the time, it was KY-98, wasn't Y-98. And then Alan Barklage, I believe, was flying the yellow copter um, for KS-93-7, KS KSD, whatever they call it. And Don Miller was flying Camelax. And I invited everybody to breakfast at White Castle in St. Charles, the one right there at 94 and Prowley. You know what I'm not talking about? Right there at 94 and Prowley, the White Castle. Yes. Okay. And at the time, now there's a car wash... There's a, across the street, there's a Sonic restaurant. The Sonic wasn't there. And just to the south of the White Castle, there was, at the time, it was an open field. Now there's a car wash and an oil change place. I think it's an instant oil change place. That was an empty field. And I invited all three guys, my treat, White Castle, during traffic reports. So Don Miller, of course, would have nothing to do with this. But Alan flew in, and I went inside. So I the ship lands in the field. You know, just south of the parking lot. I run in with my headset on. I order all these White Castles. I think ordered like 36 White Castles. They make the White Castles. I run back out, you know, hand a bunch. And Alan landed right next to us. And I gave him, and he had passengers in the ship. And I gave him a bunch of White Castles. And we both took off and we left. And that was our, that was our, that was my last morning. And, and flew off into the sunset. Yeah. And, and nobody arrested us or anything like that. And it was to the point where it's like, you know, and people probably thought that was absolutely the coolest thing ever. Well, the crazy thing about this is that every once in a while, you'll still see these these movies. Matter of fact, I saw one the other day of like the ultimate, you know, because like, for example, when I was in school, my teachers would say, we'd see these things like in our textbook. Hey, when you're grown, you won't ride a car to work. You'll put on a rocket pack, and you'll go to work in a rocket pack. Are you? I remember them <laughs> saying that. Remember that? Are you? You'll have a. You'll have a. You'll have a car that'll have wings. A hover car. Right, a hover car, and you'll just you'll pull you'll pull it out of your garage at your house, and you'll just hover up in the air, and you'll fly to your office, and there'll be a landing pad, and you'll land on the landing pad, and you'll you'll drive your car off the landing pad, and you'll park in the parking garage, and then when you get done work you'll pull your car back out and you'll hover out of the garage and you go back home and now it's to the point at one point in time st louis county was going to put in helipads they were going to put in public use helipads so you could fly around today and and one of the places we used to land all the time we used to land all at um, the old um, uh, missouri highway patrol troop c headquarters at 40 and mason because that's where their headquarters are. They tore down their building. There's a tower there. There was a landing pad behind that. And we used to land there all the time, pick up passengers, drop stuff off. Um, and we used to also land in Forest Park at what they called the, I think they called it the balloon field or something like that. You know where the, you know what Forest Park, you're going west and 40. You where know, they do their glow? Well, no, you know where the stables are? You know, the, the stables for the uh, St. Louis City Police have the horses there? It's, yeah, it's it's by. Um, it's right near where the the science center overpass is. Yes. Okay. Yes. You go you go under the science center overpass. There's that build. I think it's still there. The, build, the big stables building for the for the uh, for the. It's Saint next Louis to City the planetarium. Place. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit a little bit west of the planetarium. There was a big open field. We used to land there. As a matter of fact, we used to back in the day before all this high technology, we'd have reporters with us for like Channel Two, Channel Four, Channel Five, and they would have they would have. Um, 
uh, you know, their cameras with them, which were these big monstrous camcorders. So we, yes. would, we would land there and we would radio ahead because there were no cellular phones back there. We would radio ahead and they would send a, a news vehicle over from the station and the news vehicle would meet us in Forest Park. And we'd hand off a tape to, uh, you know, a guy from the news vehicle. He'd drive back across like this case, this is when Channel Two was right there at Forty and uh, and, Lind- uh, and and Forty and Hampton, and they would go and they would take the tape and they would play the tape and they would edit the tape up and use it for the newscasts. I'm going like, God, things have changed, you know. I mean, now it's to the point where the interesting thing is, I wonder how the helicopter business is because I'm seeing more and more of the TV stations using drones, where they send a reporter out and he pulls out a little drone out of the back of his car and and sometimes I've I saw one of them that was live. I'm going like, man, how are they doing this? This is incredible. Live drone shot, you know? And it's like, we need to do that. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, and the drone thing has gotten to the point where it used to be the drones were like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You can buy a decent drone for under a thousand bucks now. Remember, remember the, 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 were you with me when, when, when Joe Gearling did the drone picture of our antenna? Yes. Oh my God, that was so cool. Wasn't that just amazing? I mean, I mean it, it was just completely it, fascinating. And he had this little case in the back of his car. Remember, he had a little case, looked like a like a little case you'd have like a flute in or something like that. You know, from my old days of being in band. And he opened it up and you know unfolded the wings on the on the drone and you know and then flew it up and and he was doing a tower inspection. Remember, we asked that guy, the inspector, to, oh, I can't do that. I can't get near the tower. It'll destroy my drone. Remember that? Yes, I remember that. We won't say who that was. But <laughs> no. Anyway, those were the days, my friend. We thought they'd never end. I mean, technology is just amazing to me. I mean, the things that are able to do. I mean, like, for example, I just sent you that picture. I talked to, if you weren't listening, half an hour ago, I talked to, talked to my son. He's literally, he when, when he answered the phone, I heard an engine go in the background. He's on his boat. He has a, an old 40-year-old boat. He's in Pensacola Bay, lives in Pensacola, Florida. He's in Pensacola Bay. And and he turned on the boat engine. We heard it. And then he sent me the picture. Is that the most amazing picture or what? I put it on my Facebook page. Oh, my gosh. The most gorgeous thing. He's blue, absolutely positively blue sky. Uh, there's a um, big bridge. The sky is bluer down there. Oh, my God. And the water's blue. And uh-huh. this looks like, I mean, this and picture. the beaches are white. This picture he took with his phone looks like something you see on a wall in somebody's office, doesn't it? You know, like it ah, does. Tranquility. It, ah. I was going to say, <laughs> think win-win. Right, right. If you're rich, now what's funny about it is, and I'm not, you know, my my son is rich in many ways, but he's not a rich, rich dude. He's got a 40-year-old boat with an old two-stroke Evan Root engine uh, that he fired up. And it's probably I, worth a lot of money, Brad. Uh, no, you know, you know, not those old boats. You know, old boats. You know what they say. You know what a boat is. You know what a boat is. It's a, it's a paperweight. No, it's a hole in the water you throw money into. That's what a boat is. Oh, kind of like a Harley. Yeah, right. Even a new boat. Even a new boat. But but you know, knowing my son, <laughs> you know, when he moved down there, he took his kayak with him. God, that is, <sighs> that is so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, my parents used to have a boat. We used to go out on the boat quite frequently. It was a houseboat. I can remember. I could tell a story about being on a boat in 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 Minneapolis and being on a boat with a bunch of drunk guys. And I did, I thought I was going to die, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> guys I did business with at the time. And I thought to myself, no wonder this company has all sorts of problems <laughs> because these were like these executives for this company. They, none of them were from Minneapolis. They rented a boat and they took a couple clients and they, and these guys got, shall we say, 
excrement-faced. Excre- get what I'm saying? They got snickered. They got excrement-faced. You know, get what I'm saying? With yeah, that? I, I know what that means. <laughs> and and I didn't think we were going to live. Feces face. I didn't think we were going to live. I thought we were going to die. These guys were so drunk and doing crazy stuff in the boat, and I'm like stone cold sober, and I'm going like. I just want to be back on the shore. I don't want to be with these guys anymore. And they were just having, yucking it up like the best time in the world. And the next day, I met them for breakfast, and nobody remembered a thing about the night before. Why was that? It's 745. Westplex 107.1, AM 1350, KRAP, and KSOQ 104.5, all part of the BS in the Morning show, Trimalcast. And Shelly asks me, what was your question again about Miley Cyrus? Was that song uh, performed before or after her new voice i think that's her i think that's her new voice she what didn't she have like the throat surgery wasn't that deal she, did she have nodules yes. or whatever yeah okay i think that's what it was um god you know i have a friend that had that boy that was nasty surgery too um you know you can get that singers get that it's essentially it's like it's like if you if you stretch your not stretch stress 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 your vocal cords you can get weird things growing on your vocal cords and is that what happened to you and why your voice changed no, I had throat surgery at, at Mayo Clinic in Minneapolis-St. Paul and almost killed in a, in a hotel fire, but that's a whole other weird story. <laughs> yeah, it always is, Brad. Yeah. Uh, do I have some stories or what? Uh, you know, there are times when I wake up in the morning and think to myself, okay, what's going to happen today? You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, we're winding down this morning's shows. Uh, by the way, tomorrow is my... Um, prospector so i will only be doing an hour tomorrow is that okay with you yeah that's fine okay uh last thing i want to talk about here i got to find this oh brett Favre. you know who he is i do the great big quarterback yep famous quarterback green bay packers you know what he came out and said yesterday what he's urged parents not to let their kids play f- tackle football until they're 14 you know i i'm sure that that is coming from a voice of reason and a voice of experience you know for a while they were talking about the cte a chronic traumatic encephalopathy some encephalopathy uh which essentially easy is, for you to say yeah easy cte uh you get it from having multiple head traumas. And I think that's what I have. I've had, it says he doesn't know how many concussions he's had. I've had five that I know of. I think I had, con- I was concussed when I was a young, young girl. Well, I can still, I can still be quiet, not remember a couple of my concussions. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. So don't you, I fu- can remember mine because it was a, we had a dog. Yeah. This is going back when I was a single digit. We had a dog. I would cover it up. Actually, I would cover up myself with a sheet, mess with the dog, and then throw the sheet back and run it to my bed, jump on my bed. And a couple times I missed the bed and had right, right head on into the wall. Wow. And that happened more than once. So that explains a lot. Really? Really? You know, yes. you know, it's crazy stuff because of the fact that, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, like our generation, you and me, pretty much, you're much younger than me, but still same generation. Okay. We rode our bicycles with no helmets, right? Yep. You know, all these we things. Ran behind the fog machine. Right. Ran behind the, the bug sprayer, you know, spraying out the DDT, whatever is spraying out. Uh, yep. We didn't have seat belts in the cars. If we did, nope. we did, we didn't use them. You know, matter of fact, my very first car, my 62 Pontiac, I remember, I remember, it's funny, 
I dated this seat one. Seatbelts were optional? Well, no, it didn't have seatbelts. I put seatbelts in my car. I dated this one girl, and I went to pick her up when I, I was like 16 in high school or something like that. I go to pick her up, and Dad comes out, do you have seatbelts in their car, son? I go, yes, I do. And he goes, you're lying to me because that's, that's a 62, and they didn't put seatbelts in cars till like 70, 68. I said, sir, I put them in myself. You're lying to me. I literally had to walk him out to my car and show him I had seatbelts in my car. And he went, whoa, impressive. You know, he was impressed I had seatbelts in my car. Anyway. That you were a fine, upstanding young man. He was probably more impressed that you could say full sentences and yeah. that you looked him in the eye. I don't even know about that, you know? I mean, <laughs> oh, man. those. I mean, you know, and, and crazy stuff like that. I mean, the things that you and I did, like, they, you know, like, I remember one time, God, I shouldn't tell the story. I had a station wagon, okay? I remember one time we had the activity bus. Did you have the activity bus at your high school? The activity buses, if you stayed after class, they had one bus or two buses that went all over the place and dropped you off. And I remember driving No, up... I, I wasn't a joiner in high school. Well, I went up to high school. I was an outcast. I went up to high school to pick up one of my friends because uh, he didn't want to ride the activity bus. And there were like 20 of my friends that, that were there. And they said, hey, drive us home. So I had 20 people in my station wagon. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, it's amazing the things that we did. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that we're not dead. Well, the interesting thing was I had so many people in the back that the front of the car was lifting off the ground and I had trouble steering because the wheels weren't always on the ground. <laughs> Should I admit that? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> 20 people in my station wagon. God, I wish I had that car back. I wish I had every single car. My 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 youngest son is in the process of probably trading in his car. And if I had money, I'd buy it from him right now. I love that car. I love that car. I wish I could. What kind it. of car is it? It's a 2012 Mustang with a six-speed stick. God, I love driving. Ooh, it's I, a stick. I love driving that car. And you know what the crazy thing about it is? Once you learn What's to drive that? a stick, I cannot drive that car for a year. I can get in that car and I can drive it like I've been driving it every single day. I know where the friction point of that clutch is. I know where the shift points are. God, I love that car. And he's going to trade it in. It's really funny. He went to, I shouldn't tell this story. It's not in the best of shape. It's got some issues. It's got a lot of mileage on it. And he went to a dealership. This is the range of, of one place. He got three, three different things. Or no, two or three. He, one place said they give him $7,500 cash. And then he goes across the street to a car dealership, which shall remain nameless, and it's a guy used to always say, if you don't have your license plate frame in your car, you paid too much. And I won't say who that is, uh, but they offered him $2,000 trade-in. So, you know, when they offer you $2,000 trade-in, they're offering you really nothing because they're just taking $2,000 off the, off the sticker price, you know. Exactly. So, so and he says to him, hey, bum, 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 across the street, offered me 7500 cash. And he goes, well, we'll give you 3000 then. <laughs> going like why would you <laughs> just spare it <laughs> right you know why why you, now you're going to throw in another thousand dollars because the place across the street is going to pay me 7500 bucks it's like sometimes the car business makes no sense you know it, it's true I mean, it's like do you know you were sitting there talking about yesterday about the 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 lady that um went over to chris hoffenberg ford lincoln in washmo and didn't dicker on the price yes wasn't a lady. My first wasn't, car. Wasn't a lady. Hold on a minute. You said, I never said who it was. It wasn't a lady. So let's put it that way. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I don't know. I just assumed. Because men are dickerers. No, not all of them. 
You don't think? No, that was part well, of Well, the- anyway, so the first car I bought was a Beretta, and it was a used Beretta, and I paid th- I paid full price for it. I didn't know. I had never been in a car dealership before. Well, it's just like the whole real estate thing. Like I said, I have a friend that's in the process of selling a house, and it's to the point where it's like, well, I didn't get any offers. I go like, well, you know, set the price at $50,000. Well, what do you mean? You know, because, you know, because once again, the psychology of that is everybody's going to come and like, well, we're going to bid it up. You know, I mean, you know, once again, it, I, I, I put stuff on eBay. I put on there for a buck. That's my, you know, that's my always my thing. I put it on it for a dollar. OK. And I know it's junk when nobody bids on it. You know, I've had things recently that that, you know, some things you know about that I put on eBay for a dollar. Nobody bid on it. Like, oh, where does that go? Goes it, it either goes to the recycling place or if the recycling place won't take it, it goes in the trash dumpster. Aisle you know, 13. Right. You know, it's the point where it's like, okay, you know, it's the, it's the auction psychology. Because you people, I'm not going to let the guy overbid me. That car's only worth $20,000, but I'm going to bid 30 You know, that kind of a thing. He's not going to mm-hmm. get that from me. Okay, we got to go. Otherwise, the computer's going to grab me by the neck and pull me through the radio and tell me that I'm over time. Okay? Okay, have a great day, everybody. Peace. 759.